I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. So I am here today, folks. I mean, of course I'm here. Y'all here too, right? Thursday, and I have a really good friend, somebody who I'm calling my brother because he is just that dope. He's amazing. He's my friend brother too, though, so I mean, technically, but I have... Quay Weston here with us today, y'all. AKA Kane. I mean, I, know, I I met you as Kane. You know, like that's that's endearing for me to call you Kane. But oh, how we evolve. So I mean, which one you want? Quay want Kane? Which uh, one you want for tonight? You can you can go with Kane. That's fine. Kane is. I'm about to say what personality we going with? We yeah, yeah. We'll go with Kane. Okay, we'll go with Kane. <laughs> Kane, like that. This makes me feel comfortable because I'm like Quay. I gotta call you Quay. Like, no, it's okay. It's, it's your name too. I mean, legally, legally, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, but look, welcome, welcome. So glad to have you here. You know, like yourself, I, I like to jump into it because mm-hmm. there's so much that I want the people to know about you. So, you know, with the Kickstarter question, please tell us who you are and what is it that you do. For sure. First of all, thanks. Dr. Eve, Dr. Eve, Eve, whichever you want. I am Quay Weston, or Kane as most people call me. I'm an educator, an artist, tech enthusiast. All of what I do is basically building community through education, art, and technology in whatever platform that might be or whatever avenue that might be. Simply put. I love love that. Simply put. So all, all essentially all things eat, right? Yeah, sure enough. All things yeah, eat. Yeah, I mean, you tell me got the podcast. Oh my gosh, your, your podcast mm-hmm. is so dope. Y'all, listen, I'm plugging for the homie. <laughs> if y'all have not heard about Kane, you hear about him now and go check out his podcast, All Things Eat. I'm not just saying that because I've been in a guest on the show. Like, it's legit content I look forward to every week because you just keep it so real and so so transparent, so authentic. It's just one of those, you, and you get to it. Like, I can yeah. vibe with it. You know, you feed the people what they need and you know, just keep it moving. So I love that. I mean, just kind of while on that, what mm-hmm. made you even want to start a podcast? Because I met you and you were rapping. Yeah, <laughs> And I know you told people about, you know, you letting that go. But, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So the All Things Eat podcast, it's the same thing. All things education, art, technology. And what I was hoping to create, honestly, was a platform to continue to utilize my voice in a way. Because I was in a season where music really wasn't I wasn't passionate about it in the way that I thought I was anymore. And it wasn't challenging me to grow in many ways. As I reflected on it, it took about a year to come to the decision to stop making music. It was a very hard decision, but the platform kind of enabled me to do what I love to do, which is like talking with people and having real genuine conversations and bringing people on and highlighting people's stories. That's something I really care about and really love to do. So the, the podcast was a way to kind of hone in on those skills and hone in on conversations and even just grow in the community that I'm building. And it's actually, you know, connecting me to amazing people and I can reconnect with people like you, like, hey, I, you know, I want to talk to you about what you do. And that's that's kind of how the, the podcast came about. And it's just been growing ever since. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can dig that. And I, I'm glad we got to reconnect because, I mean, again, it was on some some music, poetry, mm-hmm. spoken word. <laughs> yeah. which is, I mean, it's good for the soul for both of us. Right. Absolutely. And it's and it's amazing how we've both been able to take that particular 
particular skill and talent of connecting with the audience even and to still do something meaningful with it such as a podcast and then again like I said you left music and that was a hard decision which kind of brings me to something I really want us to talk about in this show and that's the idea of finding your voice how did you even begin to find your voice I mean because you are like all of us Mm -hmm. a first generation college graduate And I'm even sure that even having a voice is something that you've had to learn to navigate. Like, what is your voice? How did you get to it? How has it evolved? You know, all of those questions packed up into one. Answer them how you will. (laughs) Yeah. So in terms of finding my voice, honestly, as you mentioned, being a first generation college student, I didn't really have a lot of people that could give me direction. I threw like my college walk in as a a guy or as a man, I, you know, put it on myself to figure everything out on my own. So Mm -hmm. in developing my voice, I realized in high school early, on that. People listen to what I say, be hmm. it because they thought I was cool or I was popular or popular because I didn't have any enemies or, you know, I didn't meet a person that I couldn't connect with in many ways. So that helped me to realize that what I say mattered. And if it matters as a kid, then I was like, okay, I'm going to start making music. I started making music because I cared about it and people started listening to my music. So I'm like, dang, people really think I got to say something important. Rather, even hmm. if I'm not saying anything important, they still were like, you know, gassing me up and affirming me in many ways. So that actually helped me to find the voice and, and to shape the music that I created into being more uplifting and more empowering and mm-hmm. being able to, you know, turn it into a political voice because I knew that people that were listening were kind of seeking a certain amount of information from me because they hmm. knew they could expect it, right? And that kind of helped me find my voice as a as a young man. And as I've evolved, is is music has still been the main vehicle for that, but also like getting involved with community work in college and other people who were very vocal about their thoughts in, in the community and different social issues. And I continued to evolve from there. And it was just the same thing. People always wanted to know, what was I working on? What was I talking about? And that's how the evolution kind of happened. And as I grow, it's been the same with relationships and friendships and just in community. People have this ease in trusting me with things. And mm. I think that's how I've I've learned to continue to speak what is true to me and might be true to others in hopes that somebody is listening. You bet. So what was the hardest part about letting go of the music? And I ask this because, again, once you find your voice, you find an area or, or a space of comfort mm-hmm. and you become this person. You you have this thing and thinking about having a voice. And like you said, in the workplace, even in your collegiate setting, now it's entrepreneurs out here saying, hey, you know, check me out. I got yep. something to offer. But how did you navigate that? Because you essentially almost created a new identity for yourself too, leaving the music behind because it was no longer that key part of who you were. Exactly. And I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned identity because for me, for so long, music was who I thought I was. Mm. And like I based who I was or my value in what I did oftentimes. So with music being the main thing that I loved and that people cared about and affirmed me for, I was like, man, who am I if I stop doing this? And that was why it was so hard for me to pull away from it is because, okay, without music, what do I mean to people? Are people going to care about what I have to say? Are they going to listen to anything I have to say if I'm just talking to them in a regular way? Right. So I think that entire process has been difficult for me, but I think I have learned to bet on myself in these these last few seasons of my life and to realize that I don't necessarily have to say anything for that to demonstrate my voice or my influence. Right. So I can be creating things. I can be designing things. I can be making websites for people. I can be doing whatever it is that I do. And I still know that because I'm walking in my purpose, I'm utilizing my voice in a way. Ooh, no, you didn't. Sure enough. 
<laughs> yes, you did. Yo, okay, so that 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 just did something to me. Like for you got me because you don't think about. Oh, I mean, I haven't thought about. I mean, your purpose. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? And to live it out, and to even say that the work you're doing, even through graphic design, is using your voice. Yeah, you're making a statement. You know, yeah. like all these oh things. You're making a statement. How you walk and how you live, and your life is a demonstration of what you care about and what you think. And you don't necessarily have to say anything. You know how Lil Wayne was like real G's moving silence, like lasagna yep. or something like that. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. And I'm realizing that I don't have to say anything. The loudest person, they say like the loudest person in the room probably knows the least, right? Or whatever the saying is. It's realizing that you can be silent and still say a lot of things. <sighs> Man, okay, like like quotables. <laughs> I had to start doing quotables because yeah. I mean, really, because and that that's powerful. Listen, that's so powerful for those of y'all who didn't catch it. Let me reiterate what he just said. You don't have to use your voice to use your voice. Mm. So metaphorically, how you live is using your voice. How you how you work and move is using your voice. And we say using your voice. People say, well, speak up. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, growing up, well, speak up, say something. But saying something, even in what you're saying, is expression through the work that you do. Exactly. I I love that. I love that. I love that. You got me caught up. So what do you say to the young black man who is out there and he wants to use his voice or to the young black woman? And I I use these people because, I mean, we are people of color. We Mm -hmm. black people. And we live in a society now that sometimes silences us. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them to do if they're feeling afraid to use their voice? What steps could they take to even start to to move in a way that they are expressive and their own? it. For sure. Another thing that I didn't highlight is as a kid, I had a lot of fear around speaking in class or speaking up and thinking that what I thought was right. And that was partially because I grew up in a very tense, racially tense community back home in a very small town. So it was like, my voice don't matter. Nothing I say is important. So that's like kind of how music was like, dang, okay, I'm saying something. But to tie that into the question, it's like for young black folks or young folks of color, it's realizing that you need to find your people that are going to affirm you because oftentimes if it's just you you can talk yourself out of saying anything you can easily say like oh well I know I only have this amount of skills or this strength or these are my weaknesses so I'm just going to sit in this and just be comfortable and not push myself but the biggest thing is once you get around people that believe in you as much as you do you'll realize that okay, I can talk and these people are going to push me to say more or push me to share or open up because they think my ideas are valuable or they believe in what I have to say. And I would say the biggest thing for me has just been building communities wherever I am that continue to affirm that what I'm doing is what I should be doing. And that's what I would say for anybody that's young that's kind of wondering if what they're saying is important or what they're doing is important. Get around people that can affirm that for you and show you and push you to grow some more. And you'll you'll believe it sooner or later. Mm, you'll believe it sooner or later. That's real. And even the idea, like I said, of building communities, because I think something that's interesting to me about you is also the fact that you move from education mm-hmm. to corporate. And so if you can even talk to us a little bit about how you've been able to find your space in the two, because, you know, one is generally, and I say education is generally the more laid back mm-hmm. environment. You know, you're with students all the time. It's a little bit more empowering, but then corporate tends to have that that perception that it's a little bit more aggressive in what it is yep. and a lot more conservative. So what has that been like for you as well? 
<laughs> it's been I hate y'all you over the hell with right, it. Like, yeah. hmm, okay. It's been interesting. And I think having a passion for youth work and community work. And like I said, in college, I was involved with a lot of social justice organizations. Uh, and even through my fraternity, shout out to the bros, by the way. It was a lot of going into communities and hearing experiences of people and finding the way that you could be of assistance for or to those people. And then once I got into the working world and working in financial institution for a larger part of, of what I've done, it was like, okay, so <laughs> we have, we, you know, we're dealing with people, but we're not, it's not really empathetic. It's just all about policy and regulation and all these boundaries and these boxes that you have to fit in, in terms of what you can do for people. So it was it was less about hearing people's stories, I would say, than it was about, okay, does this fit in the box of what is okay for me to be able to provide this service to this person or to provide this product to this person? So I think that that shift for me has been difficult. But through working in financial institution and working in banking, I've actually been able to navigate that through my like relationships and the leadership that I've had, thankfully. And, and, you know, thank God I've been able to utilize those relationships to get into an educational role within that institution. Mm. So now it's financial education and it's not as much about products and services. So I've been able to, with some amazing black women leaders, I will throw that out there. They've been able to help me position myself to now I can include education in my day to day work. And that's been huge for me. Because, mm, again, it's still having your voice. Exactly. And being in your lane and education being that at least a part of it has been helpful in navigating that space. So that's really good advice yep. to find the lane, no matter where the, the space may be. Absolutely. I'm with that. And shout out to you for shouting out the black women. OK, hey, they, listen, I say this all the time. But if people just listen to black women more, the world would be a totally different place. <laughs> if people just listen to black women, the world would be totally different. Black women out here change your lives I'm since forever. You, I'm telling you. Since forever. Well, it's interesting too, especially being a man, because uh, let's talk about that. Okay. Being <laughs> that you are a man being supervised by black women, mm -hmm. you have some people who like to push back a little bit yeah. because it's that, that pride thing, that, that, that thing of masculinity. Mm -hmm. So even in what you're saying is that though a man, you have enough respect for a woman and a black woman in her role to know she has a role and you have a role and that doesn't make you any less exactly. than what she is for that. That's bold. That's a bold statement. It's the truth. It's the truth. Uh, you know, it's realizing that, okay, if we, I'm, I'm not going to get super deep, but. <laughs> go ahead. No, that's what, you know, you know, I love the conversations. Go ahead. Deep. Go ahead. Okay. Deep. So, so black men, right. We come from, we stem and are rooted and come from black women. And our moms do so much for us and our grandmoms do so much for us. And you see in our communities that the women are holding holding it down and they're protecting and they're providing. Not to say that black men aren't, don't get it mistaken, but black women do it every day without a complaint, without saying, why do I have to do this? It's this is what I'm here for. And this is what I provide for my people and for the people that I care about. So when I get into understanding myself, like I can't be so tied to being this quote unquote macho man that I can't realize when somebody is smarter than me or I can't recognize when somebody has the answer and I don't. I'm not that tied to my manhood or my manliness that I can't believe somebody when they tell me something is true, especially if they're right. Mm. And that's what it is with, for me personally, I can only speak for myself. Like wh whoever it might be, whatever leadership roles, whoever it is that's around me in my community, if you have the right answer, you got the right answer. 
And it ain't about because I'm a man that you just assume that I'm right. Because if I'm not, I'm leading everybody astray. So I believe yeah. in I believe in black women. I believe in everybody. I believe in black community, honestly. So whoever it is, I I, <laughs> I just love the people, man. And, and it's, it's understanding that you don't always have to be right. Well, you know, you mentioned something that triggered a thought and you talked about, you know, just the woman and her even being able to be right, but then empowering people to have their voice. Yeah. So what I know about you is that you got a bae. I sure do. And she dope. She is so raw. Okay. So okay. Um, I, lo- I love that. Right. And so how then as a man who is looking to get married, who will one day be a husband, be a father, and, you know, hopefully you'll have a little girl if you want one, I mean, a prayer with my <laughs> All children. We're just going to say children. <laughs> right. Children. How would you go then, just thinking of your role, even in your relationship now, empower your woman, your black woman to have her voice? Because I think that it's a responsibility of black men or men, period, mm-hmm. in any relationship they have with any woman to give her space to have a voice. Because we live in this society where women are still fighting for a voice. Mm-hmm. We're still, you know, fighting for the same wages. But I say that because you have some women who get in relationships and feel like they can't say nothing to their man. Yep. Because as a woman, a woman is what is to be seen and not heard mm-hmm. kind of like kids wow but, I mean I think that's wrong and I think that's wrong but you know you hear that coming up yeah that's true and so yeah so my again my thing too is how do you and all the empowerment empower your woman you know in the relationship and not feel even intimidated because some guys I believe really get intimidated yeah by a woman who like eh, 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 eh. that's real and for a long time I was that kind of guy until I oh. did some real internal work to realize where my beliefs were and how invalid they were and that I just mm. believed a lot of things that people said and didn't really do any processing of it on my own. So there's th- there's that. But I think the biggest thing to empower in my lady or my woman or my girl or who, whatever you know term we want to use, they, whatever <laughs> we want to use, the biggest thing is not so much that I, quote unquote, allow her to have a voice, is recognizing mm. that she does have one and that she's entitled to it. That's the difference. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not making room for her. She already has her, she takes up her own space. Like she already takes up space. She occupies space. It's understanding that, hey, I have a voice. You have a voice. Our voices are equal. It doesn't matter more just because I'm a guy that like what I should say should dominate or overwhelm what it is that you say. It's, It's finding balance in knowing that because I support her, and empower her and push her and and challenge her when necessary. And I, and that's also doing it in hopes that she'll do the same for me, right? Mm. So that we both can grow. Because if I'm doing all the decision making because, quote unquote, I'm the man, then what happens when we get into a situation and I can't make a decision? I'm I'm incapacitated and I can't do anything, right? Mm. Like she, she has to feel encouraged and empowered and supported and protected and loved and cared for and affirmed. And if I can do that for her, like, I know that she'll do that for me. Everything will be better. Everything will be better. Our children will be, our children will be blessed because of that. Like, our friends will be blessed because of that. Our communities will be blessed because of that. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, if I'm worried about what she's creating and what she's, how successful she is in comparison to me, that's just my ego. And I don't need that. Mm, Better together. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. I think that as as people, men and women alike, regardless of race, mm-hmm. we have to be able to complement each other and pull off of each other's strengths yep. and be there to stand in, in the gaps when there are weaknesses. But I think we spend so much time trying to be the better, bigger person. Yep. Even now, sometimes as women, I don't need no man. Oh, okay, sis, you know, <laughs> you may, not, you may right. not need one, but you probably want one. Right. And it's, I mean, and I'll be, for real, I mean, since we're being very transparent, I was one of those persons for a little while. I was like, I don't need no man. No, forget these mm-hmm. dudes. 
because I mean a lot of that came from hurt but at the same time there are just things that even as a woman you can't do for yourself mm-hmm. but I, I won't even go as far as saying only a man can do but even a significant other because right. I mean even for those who choose to be in same sex relationships you still have to be empowered in those relationships exactly but to say that you need nobody like again okay sis <laughs> right. and it's like if you win then he wins like we win together yeah. what are you doing yeah. <laughs> why are you why are you trying to hold back somebody's bag like that benefits everybody it's not mm-hmm. just like oh she's doing great y'all married y'all both doing great like what are you what's your problem come on that bro is where I, love, I love that you said that too because I was talking to my husband not too long ago and I was like oh I just made a bad decision to think about entrepreneurship you know it's so crazy because sometimes I have my days yeah. you know we're talking about them entrepreneur ups and downs yeah. and he was like you made a bad decision no we made the decision to go on entrepreneurship oh wow and when he said that I that's was like, yeah right that's what I said I was, your boy is nice with it your boy is, your boy is on one he's good what okay <laughs> But that's Bay. That's Bay for that's King. Okay. And so, but it kind of took me because I mean, here I am feeling all this regret in this moment just because sometimes I get frustrated and Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, I messed this up and I, 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 I. And he was like, nah, he just, he straight checked me. He's like, we made this decision. So essentially, we are going through this. It's together and we are going to figure it out. Even though he understands, you know, in the prime, in the grand scheme of things, it's my primary responsibility. But when I, I need help and support and love and affection and I'm just going through and I'm having a bad day. It's the we that's getting exactly. through it. It's the we that's been three years in it. So for you to say that, I'm like, brother, yeah. And I'm telling you, like, he shocked me. And not saying I doubted his potential, but it just, it humbled me. Yeah. We'll and it made me things say. things up right quick. Make you yeah. realize that you're paying attention. What? Yeah. Let me clap. <laughs> Let me clap. I'm sorry. I never clapped on the show before. I got to clap for that. Yeah, but that's real. So yeah. again, but I mean, so I think even as you're talking about this, there's so many ways of being woke, right? Mm-hmm. And I think even this is a, a, a lane of wokeness to realize even in relationships, since we've gotten on that, having your voice, finding your voice, but even as a unit to be a voice exactly. together. Because you don't even think about, you know, it all the time. Well, I haven't, that my husband's supporting me. It's us having a voice in yep. this world saying we got a business. Yep. And and he may say, my wife's an entrepreneur, but at the end of the day, this is our business because if anything happened to me, whatever I got or don't got, you know, he going to get it. Exactly. So, exactly. you know, that that's, that's what it is. But I love that. I love that. Man, so yeah, so um, this has been just really exciting. I'm, I'm loving this conversation. I always do. I want to take us in a, in a different direction okay. just really quickly. I won't be too far off the beaten path, but it's still around, you know, the idea of finding a voice. What would you say are some of the challenges that you've experienced in your career, in your professional career? And maybe how have you been able to overcome because again, you are first gen, and that's you know the foundation of what this show is built on being first generation and navigating this thing called life. Yeah. And I know what I'm finding in a lot of conversations that people are struggling professionally, yeah. and not that they're struggling because they're incapable, but they're struggling to make sense of what it means to be a professional, how to move in their career, and to do it in a way that they're not rejected or looked down upon mm. because they are first gen. And I would even say I was very challenged in my own career before entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. because there was this again we talk about identity identity shift here I am young black girl who didn't come from a whole lot who didn't understand what it meant to have a career because everybody else worked yep. you know they had the nine to five blue collar and that's not to say anything bad of it but what work looked like for them is different than what it looked like for me I couldn't choose an evening shift <laughs> you know right. for something to make it for something I had to do in a day so it's just things the 
that are different and we're figuring it out. So, yeah. So what are some what have been some of the challenges? Yeah, um, I think some of the challenges professionally for me is not just basing my value on my job. Mm-hmm. That's a big challenge. Yes, sir. Because people, you know, you graduate and they're like, oh, you're going to go out and get you a good job with benefits and blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, okay, so do I look for a job that's going to pay me a lot or do I look for a job that I'm going to like what I'm doing? So Mm -hmm. I've always had an issue kind of navigating that and taking, quote unquote, lesser paying jobs because I care about them more. Right. And at some point you have to be strategic in your professional career and like your moves. And I think I've had trouble navigating that and not having, you know, voices to tell me, okay, well, think about working in this area for seven years before you think about leaving and doing your own thing. Right. Hmm. So I've never had that kind of coaching or direction in terms of professional development. And I think that's been a challenge um, as well as my organization that I work for doesn't have a ton of professional development opportunities that I would be like interested in. So navigating that another professional thing that I didn't notice a lot of people have issues with, too, that I had issues with is like negotiating salaries. I didn't know that was a thing until like last year. Mm. (laughs) Never Mm. knew, never looked it up, never had no insight, never had nobody to tell Tell me about like you know you can negotiate your salary. I'm like can I can what I can tell them to pay me more money. Are you sure? Like they not gonna fire me for asking for more money? Okay, Back. yeah, never knew that. And I think another thing is you know figuring out when's the right time to leave a professional career and and oh, how my. that looks like. So those those are some of the professional struggles I've had and challenges that I often run into, even with talking to, you know, a lot of people who may not have come from a background where people had careers that can tell them, do this, do this, do this. So those have been my big challenges. Okay, so you just said something. So not knowing to leave. Nobody's ever said that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what well, we've kind of touched on, alluded to it, but that was a big one because you're right. Sometimes you just do have to leave. So for you, what have you gathered from figuring out when to leave, if anything, because again, my mama never had this. My daddy never had mm-hmm. this. So I need to stay here and make it work because I'm doing better. Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality of some people. And even when it's toxic, because they don't want to lose face, right? Mm-hmm. That I got to be here because it's right. How do you give them that push to go on and to do something different or to mm-hmm. walk out the door? I think, one, you need to make sure you leave in, in decency. <laughs> don't don't, don't be, you know, right, don't because of everybody out, tell them how bad it was. Like, make sure you don't burn those bridges because you never know what bridge you might need to walk back across. Say um, that. But um, I would say the biggest thing, and as as we know, you know, I'm not an expert. This is still a process for me. But I think it's preparing your community and getting those people around you that can kind of show you the path, even if it be finding a mentor that can guide you in that. Also, you know, having your funds in order, making sure your funds are straight before you go out here diving off cliffs. But also the biggest, yeah, the biggest thing I would say is community and finding people that can guide you once you do that. So making sure you have your affairs in order. So if there are people that you work with, if you are an entrepreneur like myself and you know you need X amount of clients, make sure you write out a plan saying, I need this many people each month before I know I can leave and be okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. It's like thinking it through, coming up with your strategy and then fulfilling the strategy, kind of taking those steps and not, you know, writing out the big thing at the end and then getting intimidated by it. But writing out baby steps that you can kind of check in on each two weeks or every month or something just to get you a plan going to know you're in the right path. I think from there, you will probably be OK. And a little bit of faith, you know, a little bit of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long as a mustard seed. That's all you need. That's all you need. That was um, some really good feedback. I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure that people out there listening who are wondering 
who are that season of change and transition can you know appreciate the feedback as well because like you said you're an entrepreneur so you're not just looking at it from just the corporate professional perspective but from both sides of it um what do you need to move forward and how you can do it so i think that's real dope and make sure one more thing make sure it's something that you love please because you don't just want to be jumping out here off something that if it fails you're going to feel bad about it like find something that you love and that you know you'll stick with whether it's up or down that's my big thing I'm with that uh, have you seen there's a video that was floating around on Instagram the other day hmm. but that I saw and I was like really really feeling it but this guy writes zero like the number zero and he writes up to like 65 or 70 hmm. and he does this block where he fills in the block and he shows you the amount of time in your life you spend working hmm. and when you like so I on average you know when you're born when you'll pass and that that thing just really did something to me because hmm. that block of time was so huge I think I saved it I'll send it to you okay but that block of time was so big and I was like damn this really like did something to me because mm-hmm. his thing was you better do something you love mm-hmm. if you're gonna spend all your life doing something yep. you better spend it doing something you love because the last thing you want to do is get to the end of your life and realize I just spent it trying to do what everybody else loved yep. for me or what I thought was right but nothing that I truly felt passionate about mm-hmm. and so, nothing that truly gave me what I needed even emotionally like just internally yep. because you know you can make money all the time anywhere mm-hmm. but it's making that money really going to be it if it's not impacting the lives like you want it to or giving you the the lifestyle you want that was really big I love that so yeah but look I could talk to you forever and ever and ever and ever <laughs> and ever and I'm going Let's to do it. it actually so as long as I'm alive you're going to have me somewhere in your ear Let's get okay, it. okay okay but we me. definitely have to wrap Nicole, you know I will and look again I, I'm so appreciating this but I, I've got to ask you that question and I've asked everybody else it's one of my favorite questions to ask and that is and again as I'm sadly closing the show out. <laughs> what is the one thing, the one piece of advice, um, the one thought that you want to leave us with to carry for the rest of our lives to remember you by? Oh, we talk about getting deep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would say trust the impact. Hmm. That means whatever it is that you're doing or you're creating or you're passionate about that you want to put into the world, don't worry about it being perfect. Don't worry about everybody supporting you and listening hmm. to you and having enough influence or enough followers or whatever you think you need, what you have is what you need. And you just need to believe that what you're doing is for a purpose, that people need it, people care about it, and they will. So trust the impact. Don't ever doubt yourself. If there's something you love to do, do it. If there's something you want, go get it. If there's something that you care about, helping it, assisting it. Offer it to others, but trust the impact and know that what you're doing is for a purpose and only you can complete that. All right, Kane. <laughs> I'm up with all about feelings, man. Look, I love that. I love that. Trust I love that. But brother, you are, I said, you, you, you one of the dopest ones I've ever known to do it. Hey. Everything you do, um, you are, you are phenomenal. And I appreciate you and the time and your energy and your wisdom. Wise beyond your years, yes, you are. So I'm sure people want to going to connect with you. Where on the internet can they get to you? Uh, so everything is Call Me Kane. That's C A L L. M-E-K-A-I-N. That's the website. That's Instagram. That's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those platforms, any platform that you search, just type in, call me Kane and you'll find me. I love it. Love it. Well, look, brother, again, thank you so much for everything. I appreciate you wishing you well and all that lies ahead and know that whatever you need, we got your back. Sure enough. Thank you, Eva. I appreciate it. And thank you to First In Lounge for letting me talk and just listening in. So hope to meet with y'all soon. You bet. Peace. Did you go 
mm, at any point during the show, like you felt that, like it hit you. If so, that's a sign that you ought to go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Then share with all your friends, coworkers, uncles, aunts, cousins, grandmas, exes, everybody, okay? And if you like more resources to stay inspired, empowered, and uplifted as you navigate this journey of life, I want to invite you to join the First Gen family where I share only through email, exclusive insights, updates, and giveaways. You can do that by heading over to www.thepurposeprofessor.com forward slash family. I've actually dropped a link in the show notes to just make it easy for you to get there. Until next time, don't forget to be resilient, authentic, and intentional in all that you do. And no matter what, keep pressing forward. I love you. Peace. Peace.